Welcome to In the Hot Seat with the Tenney Group. I'm Spencer Tenney. It's good to be with you. What's it like inside the mind of a dedicated transportation and logistics investor? We're about to find out right now with special guest, Pierre Matthew, managing partner at Blue Jay Capital. Pierre, welcome to the hot seat. Hey, Spencer. Thank you. Good to be with you. All right. We're going to heat things up here in a minute, sir. But uh, before we do that, why don't you just take 20, 30 seconds and tell us a little bit about what you're doing over there at Blue Jay Capital. Yeah, for sure. So as you've said, so I'm the managing partner uh, uh, there. So I oversee essentially the firm's direction, uh, the firm's investments. Um, really what we do at Blue Jay is we invest exclusively in transportation and logistics. That's what we know. We are operators first. Uh, we only invest in, in, in what we know. Um, and, you know, the senior team and as well as, you know, the entire team, has uh, multiple decades of operating experience, senior operating experience, I should say, in transportation and logistics companies. So we think that um, when we do invest in those types of businesses, not only do we know the businesses, not only do we know how to, how to help them and support them, uh, but we also know kind of what's, what's most valuable, you know, in, in regards to kind of growing and creating value. Well, there's so many, I have so many questions. I can't wait to unpack it all. So let's jump right in right there. Let's get the, let's get the first thing out of the way. Of course, we're, we, we recently collaborated on transaction, strategic investment and priority courier experts. Can you just give us a high level overview of yeah. what went down with that strategic investment? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it's a business that you know well. Um, so priority is a, um, a last mile same-day distribution business operating in the Midwest. Uh, you know, as you know, it's a very unique business. It's got a, it's got a, a, a very special business model, and it brings unique value proposition to its customer base. Uh, we're very excited about, you know, what the team has done there, but also, um, you know, this was, this was a business that was held by a single owner uh, who had done kind of very well with it. Um, it has an extremely diverse customer base, um, and, and, and a lot of those customers operate nationwide. A number of those customers have asked Priority to go into other markets, and that's a tough thing for a, for a single owner. Um, so at, the, at that point, that hadn't been done. Obviously, part of our approach, part of our growth strategy uh, is to replicate some of the services that Priority has done in its, in its core market, they're in Minneapolis, and do that in other markets. Um, so we're basically you know, telling our customers we're ready, we're ready to help you in other markets and we're excited to do that. So up to now, it's been, uh, um, it, it, it's been great. Recent, but great. Well, I'm excited for you guys. I know that you'll do uh, special things with, with that investment. It, it, you said a couple of things, just, I'm gonna just jump right in there. You said um, very limited cu customer concentration. And you also talked about existing and immediate opportunities to grow. So, so from, in terms of getting your intention as an investor, what role did those two things play in, 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 in kind of getting the ball rolling as far as you guys looking and evaluating this as a sound investment? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a um, great question. That, that's something that we always look for. So for us, what's really in our sweet spot as investors, at least for Blue Jay, is, is, is a good foundation. We're growth investors. We're not fixer-uppers, turnaround guys. We can do it, but that's typically not what we, uh, what we do. 
So we always, you know, we prefer founder-owned businesses where either the founder is staying on and rolling or where management is, is, is staying on and very active because we want management to run the business. We, do, we don't intend to run the business ourselves. But we are experts in strategy. We're experts, obviously, in M&A. We're experts in um, uh, a commercial strategy and kind of growth enablement, new markets, new services, um, new geographies. Um, so those are the things that we, uh, you know, where we also roll up our sleeves at Blue Jay, take on some initiatives ourselves, if it makes sense, uh, support management and developing the strategy and the execution. So those, uh, you know, the fact that there was a very diverse customer base, the fact that there were many customers uh, that had a national footprint, uh, the fact that the, that the, the, the value proposition and the solution set provided by priority is is unique uh, are things that were you know integral to uh, to our valuation you know I'm, 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 I asked your partner Billy Hart uh, a few weeks back at a, on an m a panel at the uh, National Home Delivery Association I'm going to ask you the same thing yep. very different m a environment the last 12 months versus the prior 12 or 24 months. And, you know, no judgment either way, but there's a lot of experienced investors who understood transportation, who chose to sit on the sidelines and kind of wait this out to see what was going to happen. And then another camp kind of leaned in. Clearly, um, with with PCE and other successful acquisitions you made in the last 12 months, you were the latter. So, so what was it about, I mean, why? Why, why did you guys choose to lean in and, and double down in an environment where other, other folks understandably kind of press pause? Yeah, well, I think part of that uh, is that we know the markets and we know the subsectors. Um, there are folks that know the space very well, but a lot of, I would tell you, a lot of our competition in terms of investors are generalists. So, so they don't know all of the subsectors as, as well as we do, as well as all of the trends, right? So we, we have, um, I think a, a, maybe not unique, but a significant advantage and ability to be able to kind of cut through that. Look, it's been tougher, right? There's been fewer deals on the market. The deals that have been there have also been harder to do, right? It's been longer to execute them. So you need to be particularly uh, patient and resilient. Uh, debt raise in particular has mm -hmm. been, you know, has been more difficult, less debt, you know, or lower leverage, uh, higher interest, higher conditions. Um, but again, what we found is for the right deals, and we're very selective at the, at the onset, right? So there's only certain types of deals that fit within our thesis that we will look at to start from. And they have to be deals by the way, where where uh, we're clear on why there's a transaction, we're clear on where we can help. So, are we the right are we the right partner, and we're clear on what the next exit is. And if we can't answer those things, that then we don't you know that we don't look at it. I, I would also tell you that you know lots to unpack in this, but I would also tell you that we don't try to time the market at all to say, okay, is this a good market to buy? Is this a good market to sell? It's, it's, it's almost impossible to get right. So for us, you know, we've kept the same effort um, looking at trying to find both either for platforms or for bolt-on acquisitions, 
trying to find, you know, the right businesses that fit within, you know, our thesis that fit within our, our criteria. And yes, you're right. You know, for us, it's, it's 2023 is going to be a record year. Yeah. So we're, I think we're, we're you, happy with that. You said something that I, that I want to make sure our, our listeners and our viewers catch, which is, you know, experienced and effective investors don't try to time the markets. I want to um, add to that. That is also true for sellers. And, and, and so I, I think that those that are very uh, good stewards of both their understanding of what's happening in the market, but also opportunistic because you don't know when or why a, a strategic buyer has an interest in your in your business. And, and sometimes it might be seem illogical that that is the right time to exit. But when the right buyer has the right amount of money in front of you, that's typically the right time to exit. <laughs> so so um, I appreciate you making that comment. Um, one of the things that you, you, you kind of alluded to discipline, and I, I want something, I want our, our, our audience to understand, I think this could be helpful to them, just to kind of a, a, a view under the hood of an experienced yeah. investor. What, what are some of the disciplines, you know, through, through, you know, that you kind of convey throughout your team? Like, these are the things that are going to allow us to be effective investors over time, yeah. uh, both in terms of the, the, the efficiency in which we source, but also the efficiency and the, you know, the, the returns that we create through these investments. So what, what, what how, can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, you know, and, and, and yeah, a couple of things there. So first of all, it's understanding um, uh, what we will do, what we will look at, where we have expertise and where we don't, and not trying to be tempted by a good sim or by potentially an attractive multiple in an area where we don't exactly have the, 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 you, you know, the right expertise. For example, we're not experts in freight forwarding. We're not experts in air cargo. We don't touch that. The only way I would do that is if I had a partner that, that, that knew this space extremely well. Pretty much all other sectors of surface transportation, including technology, we know very well. So we know, we, not only do we know them, we, we're well connected when it's time to, you know, assemble a board or bring other operating partners or so on and, or so on and so forth. So first of it is, do we know it? Then we have, you know, size restrictions. We have geographic restrictions. There's, there's parts of the U.S. that we will favor either for proximity, uh, business environment, and, and, you know, and, and, and so on and so, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So that is part of our, um, that is part of our, uh, you know, of our approach and discipline. We will look at, um, we will look at, um, uh, you know, investment banker processes, and we will also do proprietary deals and we will do both. And those are, those, those are fine by us. Um, but, and then if we, and again, as, as I said a little bit before, if we then can articulate um, a, um, a, 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 a value creation plan and why we're the best ones to partner, then we'll, we'll stay away. You know, then comes in other things like end market concentration, uh, even before customer concentration, are these markets that we don't know or that we don't like. I've invested in oil and gas before, not doing that again, it's too cyclical. So things like that, right? right. Uh, served automotive a ton. So if a business is, if a business exclusively automotive, then we will think about that in a different, in a different matter. 
So we'll look at end markets and, and, and understand that aspect. Then, you know, we'll look at customer concentration. We'll look at trends. If there's growth, is that sustainable? If there's decrease, is that fixable? And, and, and what's the cause behind that? So one of the things definitely, um, you know, for sellers that I would that I would advise is know your business, know your numbers, uh, prepare it in a way that private equity will understand. They will undoubtedly think about it in a different way than you do, but at least have your story crafted so that at least you can articulate it in, a, in, in the way you want to. Mm -hmm. Can you just expound on that just a little bit? Like maybe tell a story uh, or an example of someone who told an effective narrative about their own business um, and someone who didn't like what, what, what was the difference? Um, yeah, I, let's start with someone who didn't cause that that's easier. Uh, is so, you know, it's, to me, uh, if, 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 a, if, a, if a business, if a management team or a business owner can't explain, you know, in a, in a, in an effective and credible way, what are driving the ups and downs of their business, right? And it, it, it doesn't, even if it's up, if they can't explain in a, in a, in a credible and cohesive way of what is, what is going on, what are the underlying effects of, of that, um, you know, of that growth? Because if they bullshit, you will find this out and you will find it either very quickly or you will find it out in diligence, which mm -hmm. finding out later doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really help, right? So, Understanding the business trends, understanding the value proposition, understanding why customers stick or not, right? So, you know, often we'll look at, you know, what, what do contracts say, but much more importantly, it'll be how long, what's your customer tenure, what's the relationship, and so on and so forth. That's usually, you know, to us at least much more valuable. Mm -hmm. um, but so, so, so being able to explain that, I would say... Another example of, you know, not being fully prepared to tell the story is a, an understanding and, and an articulation of what the risks in the business are and the mitigations, right? It, I, I, I would say it's not a very good selling strategy to basically say there are no risks in the business. Trust me, if we diligence it, we will find risks. Right. So, 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 so the point is also to be able to be um, uh, as... Um, transparent, clear, and uh, prepared in regards to how do you articulate uh, those things, um, particularly when you have a management team or a founder that is staying. Because here, as, as a buyer, I'm really looking for a partner and for somebody who will run the business. And um, if I have to understand and teach it on top of it on all aspects, then that makes it that makes it a, a little bit too difficult. Yeah. And, and I want to touch on that because you mentioned the management teams, like as you think about investing, what are the characteristics within the management teams that, that are, yeah. that are core that help provide um, confidence around an investment? Yeah. So, so in addition to be able to know and, and articulate kind of the, the, the good parameters of the business, I would say um, the following in their business. So the way that they, the way that they talk, um, uh, the way that they talk about their people, the way that they talk about their second level, uh, the way that they interact, 
with their advisors, but also with their with, with their with their teams. Now, look, sometimes you don't have access early on in a process to significant, you know, to a, to a large population of team members. But sometimes you have access to different members in the executive team, and we study those dynamics very, very closely. Right? What type of leader? Um, what what type of leader uh, uh, is this? We also use the 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 diligence and negotiation process as a very good barometer of how do people deal with setbacks and issues because there always are right and that again gives us a gives us a a, um, a you know a good sense when we're seeing right. problems before the transaction closes we often and we know what they what they are and we often see them you know after um, uh, as well so those are those are the uh, the things. Uh, I would say another very important thing for us um, is that they have to be growth oriented, right? So they have to not only have had you know relative successful growth and know how to grow, you know, know their customer base, know their value proposition. Um, often, you know, the best partners for us know their markets and how to price. They have some pricing ability and we can bring additional sophistication, um, uh, but, but that they are growth oriented, but often at the same time also realize that there's a lot of things they don't know and they want to learn and they want to do more, right? So uh, we're certainly not investing in these companies to do the same thing that they've done. We want to build on it, but it's the old, we use it all the time. It's the old, this is great what you've achieved, but what got you here won't get you there. It's a cliche, but it but it's but it's fundamental. So if 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 we find a leader or a group, a set of leaders that are not willing to learn and adapt, that again, that would be a red flag as well. Yeah. Very, very, very helpful insights. I'm curious about this. Um, you, you've done a lot of deals, and I think we can both agree. Every deal has imperfections, right? And, and so, and it, I, I'm curious. I mean, even when companies satisfy a great bit of what you just described, tell us yeah. about a time where, even despite all those things, you still walked away from the deal. Why? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so if if we're seeing um, bad behavior during the diligence and during the negotiation process. Um, uh, which could be getting discouraged, which could be getting overly frustrated, um, uh, things like that, that we know are kind of uncooperative characteristics, we will stop. Um, mm -hmm. If we get a sense, this is one of my big ones, what I'm going to say next. If, if, if I would advise the sellers, if you're, if you, if you're going to start a process or if you're going to engage with a buyer, be certain that you want to sell. One of my pet peeves is if someone is trying to test the market, well, will I do it? Will I not do it? Sometimes folks think, think that that brings them leverage. I would tell you, in my opinion, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. um, so if I see um, a, um, a seller that is very uncertain or not committed to the process of, of working through a transaction, that again is going to be uh, is going to be a red flag. On both those cases, we have we have stopped deals. Yeah, no, I think that's a good word there. And and and, and I I want to clarify. Um, I mean, getting deals done is hard. So that, that, that there's an expected amount of fatigue 
and there's some frustration with being asked to do a lot of things that you've never been asked to do as part of satisfying due diligence. But that's very different from being combative um, right. during that process. And so I just want to make the distinction that like no investor expects you to just say, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> like, uh, that, 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 you know, we want to prepare our clients, but yeah, it's hard. It's like, it, it's a very difficult process emotionally, technically everything else, but, but added, but attitude does matter. Um, and, 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 and I, and I would want you to hear that. Um, and, and you certainly don't want to be voicing those frustrations directly to the, to the investor. <laughs> and, there's, and there's yeah, yeah and, and thank you for that thank you for that uh, clarification this isn't yeah. the, this isn't the first time that you translate something for me which is helpful <laughs> um, the uh, as you know English is a second language for me so uh, the 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 one thing I would say is 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 yeah th there is a way to ask things there is a way to handle problems. Um, that is really what I'm referring to, right? And that what we're sensitive to, right? Is is the seller a a a do they have kind of whining characteristics? Because every request is 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 a big deal, right? So those right. are those are things that we're sensitive to, uh, and we try to do our best on our side to to manage that. We know that this is a it's a stressful process, it's a burdensome process. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the other things that, that I think it's probably useful for sellers to, to, to hear is that, and this is very hard, but it's to not take things personally. Um, you know, an investor or a buyer will, without a doubt, look at your business in a different way that you do. And they're not uh, in any way trying to insult what you've done or what the business is. It's just, it's a different way to look at businesses, different way to look at trends, different way to look at risk reward. It's not right or wrong, it's, it's just different. So I would say from that standpoint, being able to show patience, being able to show resilience and not take things personally um, is, is, uh, is important. You know, when you said that, I was reminded of our former client, Dennis Munson, um, former owner of Linstar Transfer who sold to Ford Air. And um, we, we spoke maybe a month ago and, um, and he brought this up on his own. He's like, you know, during the process, it was so um, um, offensive to me when they would make comments about my business. And I didn't realize at the time that like they were just asking questions that I didn't really want to know the answer to or uh, – <laughs> and so – uh, and and what was uh, what was funny is that, you know, with the proceeds of his sale, he ended up joining up with a private equity group and began investing uh, mm. actively in deals. And then he found himself regurgitating the same questions that he did on his. And he's like, he's like, now I totally get it. I'm asking those same questions because it's 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 a part of stewardship. They have to they have to do their own diligence, in making sure that this is a good investment, not just for them, for everybody. So I just thought it was a really interesting. Um, you know, it's one of those things that age, it, it, it ages slowly, but that's, that's one of those things that um, with time, people get a little bit more perspective on. Um, so let's talk about the future, Pierre. Um, you, you know, obviously you, you understand the space, but what are some of the trends and developments specific to M&A and transportation logistics that you see uh, on the rise in this space? Yeah, so obviously we, we continue to track how technology 
is evolving and, and we have some background uh, in prior careers in investing in logistics technology. So how that's going to continue to, um, you know, how that's going to continue to evolve and, and, uh, and, and support and change the landscape, uh, you know, both from an information tracking visibility uh, standpoint and also from an operating, uh, uh, you know, an, an, an operating uh, uh, standpoint. We, we continue um, to, to be very bullish about the space in, 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 in general. Um, and we've got a number of subsectors, you know, that we know well and that we, and that, and, and that we like well, that we think are going to continue to, um, um, uh, continue to do well. We're very active um, on a number of our businesses kind of in the industrial space as well. Um, and, you know, that area with a lot of repatriation of manufacturing and distribution locally um, uh, and infrastructure development, you know, I think is going to support those, uh, those areas quite well. I love it. I love it. Um, a couple more questions and, and thank you for being here. This is, this is, uh, this is fun for me, for sure. I, I'm curious, uh, for those in our audience that have questions about exit channels, I mean, there's a variety of different ways to create liquidity, to yep. transfer risk and take chips off the table, to pass the torch to someone else to carry on the legacy. There's a lot of different channels, a lot of different ways to think about it. You guys are private equity with, with industry special um, you know, expertise. There's generalist private equity. There is you know, strategics. What, what advice would you give to sellers who are trying to think about what's the right fit for me? How would they evaluate that? Sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, is it the time and do you want to sell? Right. I would say that's right. the first question. Right. But then kind of moving on from that, I think it's really um, uh, kind of doing some, some selves or soul searching and saying, what do, what, what do I want? Right. So am I looking for, Am I looking to stay on? Do I want support? Do I want, uh, you know, another bite at the apple? You've, you've said it yourself, right? A lot of, like our ideal profile is someone who wants to take a little bit of, you know, some risk off the table, wants to get, you know, a nice payout, kind of secures their family's future, but then is interested to stay on and continue to grow, right? That That's a great fit for for us. So it's so it's determining what you, what you really want, right? Is there a second generation uh, in the business that has a lot, or third, that has a lot of potential and desire to stay on? Is there, do you want the name and the legacy of the company to stay on? Um, and those are things that, or, you know, are you really, you want to get out and you're looking for the highest, the, the highest transaction value or the highest cash at close. Um, so those are the things that I think are important to, and obviously you can get advice on this, but are important to kind of, to kind of think about. And then, you know, then you can start to evaluate who can best serve that, serve that purpose, right? Is it a strategic? Is it a, a generalist, as you've said? Is it a specialized private equity uh, a, a group? So, so for us, that's also why we're pretty selective in our fit. The folks that, that we tend to target really like what we have to bring, but that's, it's kind of self-selected if you, if you like. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that the, the key is the sequencing matters. You have to decide what you want. Yep. You can't go directly to the right to to the channel or to the buyer type and say, uh, despite how 
you operate and need to invest, this is what I want. Like, <laughs> um, no, I, I think the sequencing is, is key there. All right, sir. One last question. A I would while. also say, if, if I can, just to, yeah, just to no, yeah. that. I'm sorry, Spencer, just because I think I think there's a couple of aspects that, that may be helpful. You, I, I don't think it's a good approach to want it all. So I, I think when I hear uh, a seller that wants all aspects, um, I find it, I, I'm, a, I'm a problem solver. So I try to solve for what they want most. And I, I know I can't give it all. So in this case, um, if there's been some work and some thought to say, well, I'm prioritizing this over that, or this is really what I want to do, um, that really helps us in trying to craft a solution. Now, we might be able to get there or we might not, and that's okay. But when I'm trying to solve for everything or when I feel that, um, let's say it's a broad process that has gone to the universe uh, mm. of, of buyers, that's uh, harder and a bit confusing for us because we're mm. saying, well, what do you want? And it's, well, it depends. Well, it, it shouldn't be that. In our view, you should, kind of should have thought about that. Respectfully. Um, well, yeah, just know thyself. I think, and, and I think that's a good start. Um, yeah. Well, one thing, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to my wild, wild card question here, Pierre. I, um, so in addition to be, to being a, uh, obviously very successful in, in investing group, capital group with Blue Jay, uh, the rumor on the streets, you're pretty serious skier as well. And so I'm, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious cause we have sons around the same age. Let's just talk about, I know you've, you've skied a lot of places. You go to one father, son ski trip anywhere in the world. Where are you going? <laughs> uh, I would say that uh, it would be um, the, in Italy, the Dolomites, because I've because I've never been, um, and because I think you, it's not for a skiing reason. I think it is because you have kind of the combination of great mounds and La Dolce Vita, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of apreski. And, and, and things like that. But I, I would tell you, you know, we're fortunate to be in Colorado and we ski in Utah a lot. We have one of our portfolio companies is in, is in Utah. So we're there a ton and you have some of the best mountains and some of the best snow in the world here. So I would tell you, we have, uh, we have pretty much perfect right close to home, but yeah, Italian, uh, Italian Dolomites. Italian Dolomites. That's a, that's a good word to end on. Pierre, listen, just appreciate so much about what you and your group do for our industry. Keep up the excellent work. That's going to do it for us in the hot seat. We'll see you next time.